Welcome to the Beyond the Cubicle podcast, episode number 62. If this is your first time checking us out, this podcast is all about your career journey and getting the results that you want. We do that by focusing on helping you become a better person at work and outside of work. Be sure to connect with us on social media at This Is BTC on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can DM us there, or you can also hit us at our email, podbtc at gmail.com. As a matter of fact, drop us a note and uh, let us know what you thought about this episode. Uh, coming up on the show today, um, we have a special guest, Dave Anderson. He's a uh, business coach and entrepreneur. Um, I'll get to some of his credentials in a second, but first... Let me talk to you about our sponsor, BrandResumes.com. BrandResumes is doing some very important and life-changing stuff, people. They're helping folks get the jobs that they desire. So, whether you've been job hunting for some time, or you're just getting started, or you just want to hey get a, get a checkup on the old CV, just in case. Go to brandresumes.com and uh, sign up for your free 15 minute consult. Did you hear that? A free 15 minute consult. They'll get to know you a little bit, try to understand your goals, um, see what direction you want to go. And then you can go from there in terms of uh, procuring their services. But you get a free 15 minute consult. And what's better than free? Let me think about it. Not much, if anything. Brandresumes.com. Go ahead, sign up for your free 15-minute consult. Get that resume tuned up so you can go ahead and start getting better results in your job search. Okay. Dope episode today. Great convo with Mr. Dave Anderson. He goes by the name The Business Bully. He'll actually break down the meaning and the origin of that name in the episode. Quick backstory on how I even met Dave. Um, so one day my wife uh, recommended his profile to me. And as usual, when my wife suggests follows on Instagram, they're usually pretty excellent. And so I followed. A few days later, Dave reached out, I guess after noticing that I host a podcast. And uh, we chatted for a few days and then, you know, he asked to come on. So here we are. Uh, talked to him for for a good bit. Um, loved a lot of the stuff that he was saying. Dave is himself is an entrepreneur, a business coach, and speaker. He's an unapologetically direct truth teller. That's kind of how I saw it in the episode. Um, we dove into a few topics from you know his backstory to you know talking about mindset and. Just talking about the corporate hustle and, and got his thoughts on uh, how he felt about, you know, people just remaining in the corporate rat race and things like that. Also talked a bit about anxiety and just struggling with that imposter syndrome, which, which is a big thing for people just in their pursuit of their goals, you know. So grab your pen and your paper and uh, well, let's go talk to Dave. Oh, slight warning. If you're listening with kids in the car, there's a couple of bad words in here. Just a couple. Not a lot. I tried to clean it up. But if you're listening in the car with kids or kids around, earmuffs. 
it, it's it's a funny thing. I you know, <laughs> I was born in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, our family okay. lived in Middletown, Pennsylvania, which is Three Mile Island. For those people who are familiar with Three Mile Island, um, my mother's from Philadelphia. Um, my father's from Harrisburg, and so they split the difference. Um, when my parents divorced when I was three, we moved to Philadelphia. Uh, my mother, my brother, and myself, my dad stayed behind in the house. Um, my dad uh, was cop by trade, um, then went into advanced levels of law enforcement. What he did, I don't know. It's classified. Um, but uh, my mom was a hairdresser by trade. She also was a teacher, um, really extremely educated woman. Um, very, very lucky. My mother's still with us. My father is not. Um, I started my career um, in radio at age nine um, and started in, you know, broadcasting, uh, television, production, acting, um, show business, as it were, singing, all that kind of good stuff. And, you know, primarily just did a lot in, in radio and the broadcast industry. Um, a lot of digital stuff very, very early on, like 96, 97, um, creating on-demand audio, which is a forerunner for what you would then call podcasting, uh, worked with um, just about anybody you can think of, uh, Les Brown, the Jonas Brothers, Ricky Smiley, um, George Wallace, um, Suede the Remix God, Ananda Lewis, like I've worked with an amazing uh, group of people, some more amazing than others. <laughs> um, but you know that's, yeah. like, that's humanity. But I've uh, I've lived a very very wonderful life um, to be 41 years old. I retired at 34 um, from professional broadcasting, and I have been running my business full time ever since. Even I started my business um, officially in 2006, but I've been doing it since I was a little kid. Um, just helping um, business owners get clear on what it is that they like to do and help them grow their businesses. You know, and so that's uh that's me in a nutshell. There's a lot more in there I'm leaving out, but I mean, yeah. So 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 is that what's the what's the story behind the the name the business building? Here's the thing, right? There is a difference in society from when I grew up. You know, my mother was born in the 1940s. My father was born in the 1930s, and so my upbringing is that of someone who has much older parents than my peers. There were certain things that were allowed and certain things that weren't allowed. And you couldn't bring home a, a participation trophy. That didn't fly. Um, no matter what you decided to do, if you decided to do something, you could do whatever you wanted, but you better be the best at it. And so there was a level of accountability that I was raised with that most people just do not have in my generation. And so in, in a world where you have so much participation and you know everybody's cuddling everybody's feelings and loving everybody and all that kind of good stuff accountability comes across like bullying telling somebody no that's not good enough or you know you got to start somewhere or take baby steps like taking baby like especially when I hear black people talk about baby steps your ancestors didn't take no baby steps on that boat that Jim Crow they had to go through. What you talking about baby steps? Now let's take race out of it for a minute. If you can tell me one toddler you know that's ever won a, 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 a Boston Marathon, New York Marathon, Philadelphia Marathon, Susan G. Coleman Walk for the Cure, then we can have a conversation about baby steps. Until such time, I ain't here for your baby steps. 
So when you tell people things like that, then people tend to get on the internet and one person said, Dave Anderson, you're a business bully. I am. Because I'm sure my clients yeah. are like, I'm wonderful. It's, it's just that I don't suffer foolishness. Now, there's a difference between, you know, somebody having a real condition. Like, I suffer from chronic anxiety and depression. You know, that's okay. a real condition. It's chemical. There are certain things that, that happen. You know, triggers can bring it on, whatever the case may be. Like, that's a little different than someone saying, I'm scared to do this because I don't have the motivation. Like, no, nah, dog. You know what I'm saying? So have you ever... So, so have you always had that that strong drive to just kind of push through, um, you know, kind kind of regardless of what the situation is, or have you ever? I mean, anxiety definitely, but have you ever struggled with that with that confidence to just keep pushing? Of course, I'm human. Like I'm not a machine. Of course, I struggle with that. Any person will sit up here and tell you, "Oh, I never struggle with that. I can just power through because I'm a man or right. I'm a strong black woman or whatever the you know whatever the 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 the, the totem." Or, or horcrux that people like to hang on to in order to make themselves feel right. good. That, that's bull. Everybody goes through it. Everybody has moments. You know? Right. Um, that's reality. It's not about being less human. It's about understanding that these things are happening, dealing with those things as best you can, and still completing the mission. Right. You know? And I think sometimes, like, and, and I've said this before online, like, Sometimes you have to just give yourself that moment. You know, mm -hmm. someone was shocked. I did an interview and they said, well, what happens when that happens to you? And I'm like, I, I give into it. Like, no, I, I tap out. Ali got his ass whipped by Frazier. Ali got his, uh, got his clock cleaned quite a few times. Floyd Mayweather has never taken an L professionally. Ain't nobody going to make no Floyd Mayweather, uh, you know, biopic with an uh, R. Kelly theme song and it, like Michael Mann directing it. It's going to have Academy Award all over. Like, ain't nobody lining up for that. A champion does not have to be undefeated to be a champion. Jordan lost a lot of games. You know what I'm saying? So it's not about good or bad. It's about perspective and how you handle that. And so I think that people need to get a better understanding of, you know, what it takes and be okay with being in fact human, being fallible. But you don't allow that to rule you. Deal with it, compartmentalize it, take a break. Sometimes, because there's this thing, especially I see with black entrepreneurs, and it's the dumbest thing in the world. Oh, we got to get them all the time. No days off. Team no sleep. Got to, ooh, we got to, ooh. Like, what? you sound stupid. If you don't sleep, you die, dummy. When I, when I get to it, I can tell when something bad's about to happen because I haven't rested too long. I'll start to feel weak. My body won't act right. I don't feel like doing anything. It's because I'm constantly pouring out and I've got to, I got to replenish myself. Right. So, you know, you know, a lot of our, a lot of our audience, uh, kind of work in the corporate field and you know, that we, you know, we call it the rat race because mm -hmm. that's exactly what it is. You're a hamster on a wheel mm -hmm. and you know, my, my perspective is it's, it's one source of my income. It's not, it's not something that I'm trying to rely on for the next 50 years of my life or whatever. Um, but, you know, talk about just uh, how people can kind of diversify a little bit, especially like our, 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 our black people, right? So mm -hmm. you work in a corporate job and, mm -hmm. you know, you go into school, you, you kind of bumped up against the wall. 
know, you didn't, um, you couldn't find a job fast enough. You're not using your degrees. You spent all this money, right? Mm-hmm. So talk about how people can still kind of uh, use their corporate job to maintain, but also start to build independence outside of that. Okay. A few things. First of all, I don't believe in any accidents. I'm a big believer in actualities. My last name is Anderson, which means I'm the one. That means I'm going to pull you Negroes out of this corporate matrix you've been laying in dormant. I'm going to unplug you. It's going to hurt. And why do your eyes hurt? Because you ain't never used them before. So let's talk a little bit about the corporate hustle. And the corporate hustle is something that was created by people who do not look like you in order to keep you into that job so they can rob you of your creativity. When it comes to black people, we are talented. We are gifted. We are athletically superior. We are intellectually superior. We just don't have the cunning. We're missing the cunning. We're missing the ability to be cutthroat. And then we get upset because we want a hand up or a hand out, whatever you want, to, the hookup. There's no such thing as a corporate hustle. You are their slave. I don't care how nice that cubicle is, it's still your cage. They want you to be happy with your job. They want you to, they, how is it, a, okay, wait, I'm gonna ask you a question, Brian. You and I don't really know each other, so this is very objective. How is it a benefit if you're paying for it? Oh, okay, cool. Because I, I hear people tell me, I'll tell Mr. Anderson, I would quit my job, but to see the benefits. Beyonce can put out tickets right now, and half your office will be right. going to Beyonce. You can't find the money to, to, for healthcare. Absolutely. You don't know how the system works. You can't pick up how the tax code works. What they do to keep their kids on healthcare? Because they're away. So let's deal with that. The other part of it is most people will just work that job and work that job, and then they'll work their little business. But if you're spending sixty, not forty, because forty is a myth, spending sixty hours a week dealing with work. So if it's 60 hours out of the week, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have time for anything else. But let's just do some stupendous math, shall we? Oh, got my handy data calculator right here. You, you correct me, check my numbers if I'm going wrong. Because I, I want to be all over this for a second. First thing we're going to do, right, is we're going to put in 24 hours in a day times seven days in a week. That is 168 hours. Got it? Cool. All right. So let's say, because the, they say the average American is supposed to sleep eight hours. We don't sleep eight hours. So let's say we sleep six hours. Okay. So six times seven is 42, right? So let's subtract 42 hours. We're still at 126 hours, people. Okay. All right. Let's subtract the 60 hours from commuting and then back and forth, morning sex, you know, whatever. So let's get rid of right. those. So now we, we got 66 hours. Now I'm going to give you 10 hours for, you know, uh, what, what, eating? 10 hours a week is more than enough to eat. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's more than enough. We still got 56 hours on the clock. You yeah. already slept. You already got some loving in. All right, let's give, look, hold on, wait, I got you. Let's give you 24 whole hours just for recreation. Let's go above and beyond. You still got 14 hours a week. So 14 yeah, hours yeah. times uh 52, 728 hours, let's divide that by 24, which means that you still have an entire month every year you can be dedicated to your business. Talk to me about your bullshit excuses. Talk to me about how you're hustle and you don't have an exit strategy. 
Talk to me about how you're so concerned about spending all of this money. Hell, by quitting your job, you'll save money. Number one, you'll save money on gas. Number two, you'll save a ton of money on clothes. Number three, you'll save a bunch of wear and tear on your body. You know, so there are things that you can be doing, but you're not doing them. And then you convince yourself that this is my weekend and I'm going to take it. And that's not your fault because you've been conditioned by an education system that has told you that the weekend is what you're supposed to have. That's why we celebrate Fridays because there's no homework. <laughs> Even though homework has been proven by, by clinical psychologists and educational experts to not do anything further to educate children. Our system is designed for, you know, for factory workers. It's not designed for anybody but. Yes. And so basically it's a, it's, it's a combination of we've been conditioned by, by the systems, by, by the schools. Um, you know, our, our parents are doing the best that they could. They're just kind of passing down these things as well, right? And then also, I, I would add to that, um, just a general fear of stepping away from that net, that, that what, what we think is a net of security, which we're just conditioned to be a hamster on the wheel in. Would you agree? Yeah, agreed. Let's talk a little bit about just the general mindset then like that has to change and has to shift and just the, what are what are some things that you would tell people about how to how to start changing their mindset today to kind of move away from from that fear from and trying to break away from the conditioning okay first things first um there's no win in comparison um, comparing yourself to me is a sucker's errand like, I'm friends with Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm -hmm. Gary Vaynerchuk is mm -hmm. worth half a billion dollars. Now, I knew Gary when he was worth 50 million, which was just a couple years ago. And mm -hmm. I remember when we were trying to sync our schedules up to get together, you know, my people was talking to her, uh, his people, and my people was like, Mr. Anderson, we, just, we just can't make it work. I said, oh, really? Give me the phone. So I called, uh, I called his, uh, I called his uh, chief of staff, and I said, Tyler, I said, Am I getting big league because I only have this amount of money and he's got like 49 million more than I got right now? Is that what's going on? And he was like, no, nah, no, nah, it's not like that. Schedule's crazy. It's this time of year. This, that, and the third, we're going to get it done. Sure enough, we got it done. And the, the, one, thing, the one, one thing that you got to understand is, right, I'm never going to be a white male in America. I'm not. Yeah, I'm also be. not, you know, of immigrant background. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and so I can't be mad at someone who has certain advantages that I just don't have. That's like, that's like Oscar Pistorius being upset because I got legs and his, his don't work no more. So he got them tink tinks. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Like you can't like yeah. the, the hand you're dealt is the hand you're dealt. So you're either going to deal with the hand you're dealt or you're going to bitch about somebody else's hand. And if you bitch about somebody else's hand, you're always going to feel disappointed. You're always going to be upset. So stop looking at what everybody else is doing. And then you don't understand their circumstances. And what you see is only what they allow you to see. We have got to start prioritizing things. And our priorities shouldn't be, I want to get what they get. I'm excited about my story. I'm excited about what my story means to somebody. I'm excited that there's someone who you married who was like, yo, you got to check this dude out. That's what I get off yeah. on because that's meant for me. Now, there are certain people who were born with certain advantages. We understand all of that. Mm -hmm. 
What do you know about you? When is the last time you've done a real good self-assessment? And by that, I mean, take a piece of paper on one side, write everything that is great about you. And then on the other side of the paper, write everything that sucks about you. I guarantee you can come up with a lot more that's great about you if you're being objective and honest than you can about the stuff that sucks. The other thing is, your ego is killing you. You think, and when I hit you with this, your eyes are going to buck. You don't have to be the person who does the thing in order to be the person who does the thing. Allow me to give you an example that I know you know. There's a guy named mm-hmm. Sean Combs. Maybe you've heard of him. Puffy? Yeah. <laughs> take that, yeah. take that. Puffy. Cool. Yes, how, many, how many instruments does Puffy play? Zero. Cool. Um, how many songs does Puffy write? Not many, if zero. <laughs> cool. How wow. many records has Puffy actually engineered? That I don't know, but I would venture to say it's very few or zero. Now that I think about it, yeah. No, no um, Stevie J. Everybody talks about Stevie J, loving hip hop, yeah. third. Stevie J made them records. No, no. D-Dot made yeah, them records. Yes. yes, sir. Bad boy is still pumped. You don't have to do the thing to be the one who does the thing. Yeah, I like that because, you know, again, man, and it's funny because I, I come to work, man, and, and I'm in a situation where, you know, I've been working in my corporate space for about 15 years. Ooh. And, you know, yeah, it, it's been a while. Um, but I've always had uh, businesses on the side. I'm, I'm never just doing one thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm never just doing one thing. And honestly, that, like, that comes from my parents, right? My mom is uh, she's a tax professional. She's had her own tax business since before I was born. Nice. Um, she, reti- she retired from, from the government um, like four years ago, and she still does her taxes. That's her thing, right? And so the model I saw growing up was always, hey, you can do your corporate thing because that's your steady money, but you always have uh, another two uh, streams of income on the side because you never know the day will come where they'll take that one thing from you, and so you can never be without, mm-hmm. Right. But I, I come to work every day, man, and, 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 and I try to encourage people in their space to say, okay, if, if your journey is you want to climb the corporate ladder, cool, I'll help you do that, right? But then when I, when I try and challenge people like, hey, how about you make a plan to not let this be your plan for the next 30 years? Mm-hmm. Because I can see that you're miserable. Mm-hmm. I can see that you're miserable. Mm-hmm. And, and you're not enjoying this. Not, not granted, there are some people that I, that I think that don't mind being in the corporate space. They enjoy it. They don't have the ambition to, uh, to be an entrepreneur. They just want to keep getting that check, but they'll climb the ladder inside. Okay, cool. But I'm looking at people, and I'm like, you're itching to get out of here. You're itching to do something else, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, so once you challenge yourself to find the thing that you can do that can get you out of the space, and the amount of fear and push back from the fear that I get, it just shocks me sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. When I laugh, no, I mean, it, it tickles me, and I'm going to tell you why. Jesus Christ famously said, my sheep will hear my voice. He also said, yeah. forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. The Son of God yeah. made flesh understood the importance of not everybody's going to get it no matter who you are. And that brother walked mm-hmm. on water. 
He turned water into wine. He made, he made a meal for 5,000 out of a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread and had stuff left over. Like, he raised the dead and still people ain't thought, like, saw it with their own eyes. So, like, nah, I ain't messing with him. You can't do none of that. And you think they're going to follow you? People love to bitch and moan. Bitching and moaning is the easiest thing black people can do. It's not your job to save everybody. Project Pat famously said, don't save her. She don't want to be saved. My mama says, people will tell you who they are and they will show you who they are. And once they show you, mm -hmm. believe them. And so my whole thing is, if you're saying, yeah, I don't like this job. I can't F the boss. You know, Craig's not giving me my 3% cost of living increase, even though I made this company millions. Yeah, you made that company millions. Because last I checked, that company didn't hold a gun to your head. You volunteered to be a part of that. You volunteered for your corporate hustle. So congratulations. You got what you got. So get what you get. Don't throw a fit. But if, in fact, you're really, you're really sick of it, find a coach. But see... When I start talking that coaching thing, everybody thinks that I'm trying to market. I don't need your money. Even if it's not me, because I ain't for everybody. Like, I'll make you cry. I make people cry, but they cry their way to success. Even if it's not me, if you don't know how to get there, like, I don't, I'll never understand why people who are in the same boat as people they're taking advice from can't figure out why that advice don't work. I never told anyone how to build a million-dollar website until I built a million-dollar website. I think I'm lying, Carl Ricky, smiling and asking. I never Ooh. give anybody advice on things that I have not done. I can, I can tell you how to quit your job because I'm going to quit mine. I can tell you right. what to do when you've been fired and you can't seem to get another job because um, you're overqualified. You know what overqualified really means? I'm not going to let this Negro come in here and outshine me because then people won't realize that I'm doing just enough work to get by because this person really won't come in here and work and shake some shit up, which means people won't be looking at me. So I ain't going to let this person get in a position where they can get on top of me. The other part of that is the reason that y'all don't really do what you're supposed to do is because you're scared. Because everything you do is controlled by the fact that you're afraid your boss is going to get you. So let's get this straight. First, you were afraid of your parents. Then you were afraid of your teachers. Then you become afraid of your boss. When are you afraid of your lowered expectations? When are you afraid to die? Okay, you got kids, right? Don't you dare tell your children they can be whatever the hell they want to be and you still work in that job. Unless you really want to be there. If that's your goal, quit. Don't, and when I say quit, I mean quit all the side hustles. Because even the Bible says you can't be luke. God said, if you are neither hot or cold, you're a lukewarm and I will spit you out. Even God wants you to pick a team. But y'all don't want to pick a team. Y'all want your cake and eat it too. Y'all don't really want it. Because if you want it, you would find a way to go all in. And I'm not saying get up everybody and do a mass exodus out your job. I'm saying get your money together. I'm saying get your resources together and find someone who has been where you're trying to go. Pay them. Because Negroes love talking. Oh, bro, the other thing I get in my inbox. Dear Mr. Anderson, I was wondering how I could get you to mentor me. I'm sorry, are you in the Fresh Air Fund? No, Mr. Anderson, I'm 37. Sit your down somewhere. You don't want a mentor. You want free advice. So, you know, we, we definitely value the, the perspective of you know, you find the people that have achieved what you're trying to achieve and, you know, you exchange value for value. 
um, in in procuring their services or whatever. Yeah. I recently listened to, you know, we'll cover this and then, um, you know, we'll, we'll get out of here. I recently listened to one of your episodes where you're talking about the imposter syndrome. It really spoke to me because uh, just in my my own circle of friends, you know, we, you know, we um, we're all we all have an entrepreneurial spirit. We're all doing things, and, and I really take to heart your point. Uh, really take to heart your point that you made just just a few minutes ago. With hey, you know what? Stop stop with all the side hustles. If 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 you're tired of doing the thing that you're currently doing, then make a definitive plan. Do it, and and, and let's get out of here, right? Um, but we have these conversations all the time where we're sitting around and be like, man, who am I to, to be doing or trying to do what I'm, what I'm trying to do? Like, who wants to hear from me? Who wants to, uh, you know, who, who said that I can be a playwright? Who said I can be a writer? Who said I can, I can start this t-shirt business or whatever it is I'm trying to do. But um, I want you to speak a little, if you could, for our audience about just kind of, uh, what, what, what? Some of the things that you do to kind of, when, when you start feeling that imposter syndrome in the moment, how do you, how do you take a break and kind of uh, readjust in the moment? Hmm. It depends. Sometimes I need my wife to bring me out of that. Um, you know, like, are you kidding me right now? Get your ass up. You're like, you're great. Stop. Like, if they don't see it, they don't see it. You know what I mean? Um, the other part of that is I do what I call the running of the receipts. Here's what that means, right? Because I'll have people play this game with me too because they want to try and devalue my uh, investment when it comes to working with me because I'm not, the, I'm not the cheap guy. I'm not McDonald's. McDonald's sells billions of hamburgers, but I, I don't. You know, Maserati only sells a handful of cars a year. That's all they need to do. Mm-hmm. You understand the difference? Right. So I do. Um, when people say, oh, well, you know, I can go to this coach, this, that, and the third. I'll be like, okay, cool. Uh, just real quick, just I don't know who you're talking about, but let's just pretend. Um, is it your coach in Forbes? No, I am. Has your coach ever run a multi-million dollar business? No, I do. Has your coach been on CNN, Bravo, The Breakfast Club, USA Today, Huffington Post? No, I have. Does your coach have a page on their website that's full of video testimonials that were not paid, weren't hired by Fiverr to be paid actors, and can verify the actual $27 million that he generated last year? No? Okay, then. And that's why I cost what I cost, and they're $97 a month or whatever the hell it is. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I know where I am in the universe, and I also know where I'm going. I don't know how I'm going to get there, and I don't get caught up in that. That's where y'all get stuck, because y'all got to figure out how. How? How in the world? You want to talk about how? Here's a how that'll blow your brains out. If the professor was so smart on Gilligan's Island, how is it that he can make a radio out of a coconut but couldn't fix a hole in a boat? How, Sway? It's not your job to figure out how. Your job is to be obedient and to make a move, but y'all won't make moves. You'll sit up there and you'll, you'll justify why you ha- it's not going to be this year and, 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 and I'm going to get it together. and Whatever, you gotta t- whatever smoke you got to blow up your own to make you feel good. But I think that, honestly, when you stop looking for an excuse to not do it, the only other excuse is results. And, I mean, that, that's, that's as honest as I can be. I'm confident in me. Even when I'm not sure, I got a whole list of evidence that will remind me of where I am in the world. 
go listen to Reminder by Jay-Z and, and get your mind right. Like, understand what you've done. Look at those pros and those cons. Do the work. Find someone who can teach you what you don't know and pay them. Do not have these conversations in the water cooler. Don't have them in the break room because ain't nothing in the break room can help you. You know, I, this, 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 this is absolutely great stuff, man. This is, uh, like I said, I, I know a ton of people, including myself, who have kind of struggled with that imposter syndrome. Everything that you just said, like, what, what am I feeding myself every day and, 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 and making me question my own value? Last topic, and then, then, then we're out of here. Um, you know, I heard you mention earlier that you that you kind of suffer from chronic anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. And um, mental health is a popular topic. I mean, it's a much needed topic for sure. Um, can you speak to the the importance of kind of being aware of it? And um, do you have any any advice on? Just things that you that you would suggest people do to to kind of keep a handle on on their mental health on a daily basis. Yeah, you're not going to pray your way out of a chemical imbalance. You're not going to be in a position where one day it'll magically work itself out. And you're not going to fix that problem on your own. You have to tell people. And if those people aren't listening, find other people. You know, there's a lot of help out here. There's no shame in going to talk to somebody. There's no shame in going to meetings. There's no shame of getting a counselor. There's no shame in getting medication. You know, the only shame is not getting help and not recognizing that it's okay to be human. That's all it is. Life is hard. And keep in mind, we've been tortured for 400 some odd years. They keep telling us that we're not valuable, but yet and still, when you look in the owner's box, you see them. And then when you look on the court or on the field, you see us. There's a black man who invented the Chrysler 300 to make it look like a, a, a phantom, yet still, he only got a percentage, but he don't own the company. You can never get your way to, see, you know, you can never be promoted to owner. Even if you're the CEO, you can still be fired by the board. Hell, sometimes even right. if you own the company, you can be fired by the board. Ask Steve Jobs or the men's warehouse guy. My point is... Deal with what you have to deal with for you. And if they're judging you, let me tell you something that's going to set you free. A lot of black people worried about getting talked about. They're going to talk about you anyway. You can talk about me all you want to, but my mama told me something that set me free very early on in life. Yes, Dave, they're going to talk about you because you're weird and you're different and you're smart and you're not like them and you read. And she said, let them talk about you all the way to the bank. Because you know who, what they call me at the bank? Mr. Anderson. You know what they call me at my old jobs, where I used to work in radio, making them millions? Our guest, Mr. Anderson. I have lived and worked long and hard enough that the people who were criticizing me are now fans. Point the biggest skeptic out. I'll make them a believer. But the first person that you got to get to believe in you is why? Oh, you. I am my number one fan. I think I am the greatest thing since sliced bread. Ain't but about three people who love me more than me. I'm married to one and I birthed the other two. You know what I'm saying? I respect my time. I put up boundaries. Sometimes we give and we give and we give and we give and we give, but we can't figure out why we don't have anything left. Even in the middle of the Indy 500, sometimes the lead racer has to pull over. Even though the pit is comfortable and you got all these people, you still got to get out there and run your race. It's a pit stop. It's quick. Feel it for the moment. Get back in the race. Get help. 
get coaching, get medicine, do whatever you have to do in order to get you right. And once you get you right and you tune out all this nonsense and you tune out the loving hip hops of the world and you, you tune out the basketball wives and you tune out the nightly news, which is nothing but a reality show scripted to make you in fear of yourself. Once you understand mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. you will be better off.